some of you are aware of the fact that Australia is now in a permanent police state. It's being codified into law right now. Most of you aren't aware though, because your media tells you nothing, because the media tells you only what the global elites who now control about 80 to 90% of the governments and the governors of the world want you to know. And guess what? They don't want you to know what's going on in Australia. Recently, I got a message from an Aussie and she said, they finally let us out of months and months of lockdown. And the first thing I did, I went to the grocery store and they wouldn't let me in because I didn't have a QR code proving I was vaccinated. This woman, by the way, her husband, her children are vaccinated and she isn't. She literally doesn't even know anybody else who isn't. She went on to say, then I went to the gym and they wouldn't let me in. Same thing, couldn't prove that I was vaccinated. Then I contacted my hairdresser and asked if she could do my hair. And she said, I'm so sorry. You've been my client for many years and I hate saying no to longtime clients, but there's a $5,000 fine if I cut your hair. So this woman concluded her statement and said, I guess I'll just go home and wait until they ease the restrictions for us unvaccinated people. So that story I just told you shows how profoundly naive the Aussies are who've been stripped of even their most basic civil rights. It's slaves who have to ask permission to eat or to get their hair cut or to go to the gym. So today I'm telling you the story of the Aussies so that you pray for them, but also we all need to become more aware because unless we take some important actions, this entire agenda is global and it's coming to us too. Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. I'm the host of the show Vibe, if you're listening to me on my podcast. And my public figure page on Facebook is Green Smoothie Girl. I'm a 16-time author. And this show used to be about lighter topics on the subject of health and wellness. But in the last two years, we've really hijacked the show because when it comes to health and wellness, somebody needs to be doing some investigative journalism about what's going on all over the world that looks a lot to me like goose stuffing. I watched this video by a minister in Australia's state of Victoria in the city of Melbourne, which is the most locked down city in the world. They were in lockdown for 262 days, and actually they still are, but now they're calling it lockout, which what that means is that anybody who's not current on whatever the government tells them that the vaccine schedule is at that time, if you're not current, you don't get things like food or the right to work out in a gym or the right to get a haircut or even like the right to open your business and work for a living or attend church. So this minister's name is Steve Ciccolanti. And um, the purpose of his video is he was basically begging for asylum. He's begging for Americans to help him get out of Australia. And he talks in the beginning of his video, and I'll link to it in the show notes. You can check that out down below if you want to watch it. But he talks about how King David in the Bible is his favorite character and his favorite topic to preach on. And he talks about how there was a time that David fought and there was a time that King David fled. And what this minister seems to be saying is that the churches and Christianity and people who want freedom to make choices about their own body are under assault. And this is a war. 
You know, a lot of people are saying these days, they're saying it's a spiritual war. And certainly there is a spiritual war, but I actually don't love it when people say that because there's also a kinetic war. Even if it isn't being fought with guns, it's the new battleground and it is over possession of your own body, your right to your own body. Mark my words, this does not end with a series of COVID vaccines. You're also going to lose your right to opt out of a bunch of vaccines. There's really no end to where this could go. So after laying out the case that there's a time to fight and a time to flee, probably to kind of set up that he's saying, I want to flee this country, um, Chickalanti then begs for a lawyer and a realtor and a free home in the United States because he wants out. I can relate to that because I spent full time doing every kind of activity that you can imagine trying to fight for Utah's freedom for the first nine months from when COVID first showed up on the American continent. And while I didn't stop fighting that battle, and I have returned to Utah multiple times, and that was a big part um, of my work this past year as well since I've been in Florida, um, including sending a thousand people to the Capitol or helping send a thousand people to the Capitol to stand up to enemies of medical freedom in the Utah legislature, like Senator Kurt Bramble. I did flee to higher ground. I fled to a place where a conservative governor is actually willing to take a stand for jobs and for businesses and for medical freedom. I would imagine that our governor here, Ron DeSantis, is probably pretty galvanized. Uh, even more so than before, because he got the J&J jab and he was assured, like everyone who did, that this was a one and done thing. And it turned out to be a bait and switch, just like everything else we've been told. Now the J&J people are to get a second shot, despite the fact that their jab has the highest levels of mRNA of any of the brands, which seriously screws over the folks who got that one thinking that they were taking on less risk because they just had to lower their head one time and put the bridle on only once. Well, this minister in Australia, maybe I'll just call him Steve so I don't have to keep pronouncing Chickalanti. He is under the false impression that uh, Donald J. Trump is going to fulfill some, some kind of prophecies and get us out of bondage here in the USA. He does at least allow for the fact that Trump would have to humble himself. Um, and he's also under the the false impression from his comments, at least, that America is a free country, whereas Australia is in total bondage. I mean, technically, on paper, America is a free country. And in Australia, a very long time ago, they decided they didn't need a Bill of Rights because, well, you can just trust the government. Of course, they'll always honor uh, basic civil liberties. What a silly thing to worry about. And now that's biting them in the butt. But this minister is begging for somebody to give his ministry a free home and some money and some free legal help to get out of Australia and into Canada. He says at the same time that he's not leaving Australia, but he wants a home base somewhere in America. But that's not really what I want to focus on. I don't necessarily want to talk to you about what this minister wants. Um, I want to go through point by point with his content as my main reference. And it'll be in the show notes, his, his uh, video. Uh, or you can just look below if you're on my Rumble or BitChute channel or whatever. But at this point, I've probably seen about 100 different interviews with Aussies about what's happening to them. I've seen videos by people who are inside a COVID detainment camp showing what they're eating and what they do with their day in the isolation camp. But pretty much what I want to do 
today with you is I want to talk about the new laws that are being passed, the new rules, the police state, the, the full-on slave state that our Australians are, are dealing with, and that um, Minister Steve went through in his video. If you've woken up yet to the fact that the American media tells you only what the global power structure wants you to know, you'll be aware that you're being told nothing about what's happening in Australia by the mainstream media. If that doesn't make you lose confidence in the fact that the mainstream media is actually covering the real news of the world, I don't know what will. So I do want to warn you that if you're like me and you've read and watched thousands of pieces of content, uh, this episode will still be some of the most shocking content you've heard in months. It's not that it's violent, it's just that it's mind-bending. And if your preference is to put your head deep in the sand and just hope that if we wait patiently and do what we're told, like the nice lady said in that message from Australia, how she's just going to go home and wait for some nice government man to come over to our cage and unlock it. If you're thinking that somebody isn't you, We'll do something brave to stand up to this. You probably don't want to hear what Steve Ciccolanti has to say about what's happening in Australia. And that he doesn't seem to be aware is also happening in the USA. They're just further ahead in this agenda in Australia. There's a few things that, that the cabal has in their way. A few little pesky details in America that they don't have in Australia, like a few brave governors who care about the freedom of their people and are fighting back, especially Ron DeSantis, like a whole lot of lawsuits, like that pesky Bill of Rights that we have here in America. It's actually being violated all day, every day in every state of the country, but we do at least have it on paper and supposedly our court system is supposed to back us up. Uh, like the fact that we have 15 times more population than all of Australia has, and last but not least, the fifth thing that I could think of that we have that Australia doesn't is we have a lot of gun-toting political conservatives. Well, and maybe a sixth thing is that we have a somewhat less compliant collective personality here in the United States. So uh, the premiers in Australia uh, have really accomplished a lot with completely removing all civil liberties of the people there. But especially the unparalleled Dan Andrews, the premier of Victoria. Now, Melbourne is a city inside Victoria, which, again, is the most locked down city in the world. Now, it's not lockdowns. It's not my words saying lockouts instead of lockdowns. That is actually Dan Andrews' words. So here are some of the things that are happening in Australia. There is a $25,000 personal fine to an individual for being unvaccinated. There's a $110,000 fine for a business or a church. They're enlisting organizations like businesses and churches to force the compliance, just like they're very much doing in the United States. Protesters are being shot at. Um, there's a lot of violence going on with police in full combat gear with sticks. I've seen a lot of video footage of the protests, of the resistance. A few people have actually died at the hands of police. Police come knocking on your door if you went further than the, I think it's three kilometers away that you're allowed to go. Um, a number of people have taken videos of what happens when you just get pulled over and ask what you're doing out on the road. You can literally be taken to a COVID detainment camp for no reason than that they just want to. So one Aussie says that there are huge prisons being built in Australia with mortuaries and crematoria attached. I have not confirmed this. 
Um, but the funeral home owner, John O'Looney, who's been a whistleblower in the UK recently, says that this is also the case in Europe. Why, with such troubled economic times, do we, you know, we have all these strip malls completely closed down, including in the United States, that this minister thinks is so much better than Australia, and millions of people being terminated from their job right now, right here in the United States of America, probably fewer in Australia, actually, because so many of them comply there, whereas we're we're at something like 40% non-compliance here in America at the moment. So why would they need to build these huge prisons? Um, John O'Looney says these are being built in Europe. And I did see one person claiming that this is happening in Australia. So if we're hurting economically, why are we spending money on huge prisons with mortuaries attached to them? So you realize that in Europe, um, after World War I, these huge concentration camps were being built. All you have to do is put a big fence around it, and the people stay out, and they don't ask any questions. So moving on with what's really going on in Australia right now, and I'm sure some of this is actually in force, and others of this may be in the bill that is in front of the parliament in Australia as I record this. Um, But it's moving very quickly through parliament. But right now, you can quit your job in Australia with a severance package, or you can choose to get fired. And if you do, you get no severance. And this is just my inference here, but I would assume that that's because they want fewer lawsuits. They know that they're violating the law. They know that they're on very shaky legal ground. And so they just want to deal with fewer people who make a fuss and sue employers or the government. There are actual slogans in the media of no jab, no job. Now, would this have even been imaginable to us two years ago? No jab, no job. And also, no shot, no shop. In other words, you can't even go in a grocery store if you don't get the shot. The first country that pulled that was France, and then their version of the Supreme Court shot it down, but now it is in Australia and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. So you cannot eat in a restaurant. You cannot go shopping, including for food. You cannot get, uh, you cannot go to a, a salon if you are not vaccinated. Okay. Maybe you have a hairdresser that's been doing your hair for 20 years, but if she gets caught doing her hair, she's got a $5,000 fine. There is a $726 fine for a 15-year-old who is caught not wearing a mask. That's how arbitrary and specific and punitive and cruel and unusual these punishments are in Australia. Elected representatives to parliament are not allowed to vote. I would assume that this will also apply to citizens not allowed to vote if they aren't vaccinated. But even though you can actually cast a vote from home, you can cast digital votes these days. That's not difficult Um, They have actually blocked those who won't get vaccinated from voting. The premier, Dan Andrews, put a bill in front of the parliament that he wants passed before his state of emergency powers end in December that he can, even with zero COVID cases, says it right in the bill in black and white, even with zero COVID cases, he can invoke states of emergencies for three months at a time. He can inflict lockdowns, fines jail time for anybody who disagrees with him or basically does anything he doesn't like. It's basically legalizing detainment and torture of political dissidents. 
which until now, I'm sure you thought of as applying only to lawless third world dictatorships. But no, we are talking about the Socialist Republic of, or I think that they call themselves a Socialist Democratic Republic of Australia, who uh, the minister calls sheep-like. His words, not mine. He says that Australians are sheep-like, and he also called them naive. He said that they believe everything that the television says, and he says that they trust their government. Um, I think that Australians are about 95% vaccinated. Um, I'm not sure, but they have a very high vaccination rate there. I don't think that this minister realizes that everything he said there describes most Americans as well. Luckily, it's fewer Americans, I think, but still many, many. And he points out that the governments of the world have, number one, crucified Jesus Christ. Number two, sanctioned slavery. Number three, started the Iraq war over a lie. Number four, started the war in Afghanistan over a lie. So I would agree with him where he says that doesn't mean that I'm against government. Government is, is necessary. But currently in Australia, they are massively overreaching. They're tyrannical. They're cruel and despotic. They're violating the principles of the U.S. Bill of Rights. They have set up snitch lines with the euphemistic name PAL. So it's the PAL line. Be a PAL and call the line and be a tattletale on your neighbor. And they even give you this sort of noble sounding title. You are a COVID marshal if you are a tattletale. I feel like I'm back in fourth grade again. And the teacher put the gold crown on my head for the day because I was the best rule follower of the day. Before mask mandates and before the vaccine arrived, there were about 10 or 15 positive cases a day in Victoria. And now that there are hundreds of days into lockdowns and now lockouts and huge fines for anybody not wearing a mask, they're now at over 2,000 positive cases per day. I don't know if they're manipulating it by raising the PCR levels to where there's just tons and tons of false positives. I would imagine that's going on as corrupt as that government is. But if that's not evidence of the total fail of the vaccine and the total fail of the mask, I don't know what is. But then if you aren't clear on the fact that this isn't about your health, you're really not paying attention. In both the United States and Australia, there are laws in front of Congress and the parliament right now, US Congress, Australian parliament, that will put the government inside your bank account. And the eventual goal is to deny you access to your own bank account, your own money, and your own property if you aren't vaccinated. And if you think I'm being paranoid or conspiracy theorist, then tell me, why would anyone question that when Aussie members of parliament who didn't get vaccinated aren't allowed to vote, when clearly they can vote digitally? So even if you don't believe that this started as a political issue, it's clearly become one. So let's just talk a little bit about a few positives or, or some hope here, because most of you listening to this aren't from Australia uh, and you're from North America. And I mentioned five things earlier that the United States of America has going for us. And I didn't say those things so that you could say, Whew, well, that means that you know this could never happen here because it absolutely could happen here. And I believe the intention is that it does happen here. Um, there are, like I said, 
thousands of violations of the Bill of Rights happening every single day in the United States of America. All of big tech is violating our First Amendment rights at a minimum. Um, but I think these wealthy billionaires who control America, uh, hiding behind and using the huge corporations that they control, I don't think it's so much government that is our enemy. It's these corporations who have subdued and controlled the vast majority of our government. The estimates I'm seeing from people who have a really good pulse on this situation are at least 80 to 90% of government all over the first world and probably the whole the whole world actually, including they have complete control obviously over Premier Dan Andrews who has proven repeatedly he will do absolutely anything they want. He will say absolutely anything they want. I don't think that the Bill of Rights is actually going to stop this from coming to the U.S. I think that our court systems are totally jammed up. I think that the American people are getting very overwhelmed. And I don't think that that stash of guns that you've got is going to stop them either. I can't even count how many times someone in the United States has said to me, which to me is giving themselves a false sense of security, that, well, I have a gun, so I'm good. Okay, I think the fact that tons of us have guns, especially in the rural areas, is slowing down the agenda in America, okay? We don't, in, John and I, we don't just own guns, we now carry them, um, which I've never done before, but I'm getting used to it. And they would have a showdown if they tried to force an injection on us while we're out in public. Um, we are getting used to carrying a gun in public and we're absolutely prepared to defend ourselves, come what may. And these powerful entities and people, they know that, and they know that they can't just send their sheeple army in. Let's face it, there's plenty of Americans, just like there are plenty of Aussie cops who would dime out their neighbor and who would, would beat their neighbor with a stick wearing combat gear just to make a buck or to save their own skin. You know, in America, these globalists know that they can't just roll out a police state and go up against probably a few million Americans, if not more, maybe tens of millions of Americans who would rather go out in a gunfight than get injected with poison against their will. So they do have to deal with that reality. And these are a couple of the reasons why the USA is not quite in the same predicament that Australia is. But I do want to point out that all it would take is for Biden to tell you to bring your guns in and that the government is paying $1,000 for every gun. And if you are found in possession of one after a certain date, there's a $500,000 fine and a year in prison. Okay, this country, the USA, did that exact thing. I made up the figures, but they did that with gold. That's how they got gold out of the hands of citizens for many years doing that. So if you don't think that will happen, watch and wait. And when, when will they do that? They will do it when they've gained enough ground in these other areas. I've been watching it happen in Australia, and I've been watching it happen in Europe, and I've been watching it happen in Canada. And if you want to know what's coming to America next, all you have to do is watch all the other uh, countries under the crown. So they have a lot of different battles they're fighting, and they haven't won on all of them, and that should give you some hope. For instance, if you've been following me for a long time, you might remember um, a video I did like around 1st of May 2020 on contact tracing. In fact, The Atlantic did a story on my uh, resistance to contact tracing. And, you know, and I'm not saying it was because of my video by any means, but Americans didn't like the contact tracing at all. And they really pulled back on the contact tracing in America. I'm not saying there aren't contact tracers. I'm just saying they're not pushing that in, in Americans' face. Uh, the contact tracers are 
not operating very publicly uh, if they are operating. So this new battleground is over your body. It is actually for control of your body. This war we're fighting is for nothing less than control of your body. And what's absolutely amazing to me isn't that there are power-hungry elites. It's not that there are um, incompetent, sold-out government leaders. That's been the case since the dawn of time. What's amazing to me is how many people are absolutely willing to hand over the control of their own bodies and control of their children's bodies over to the government. There is one thing and one thing only besides an act of God that's going to save you wherever you live. I'm assuming most of you listening to this are from the U.S. and Canada. There's one thing that's going to save you from the fate of the Aussies. Yes, an act of God will, but you know, I told you this minister is begging for a free home and some money and a lawyer to be able to get out of Australia into the United States. And, you know, he's at least one of the ones in Australia who's awake. There's 15 million other Aussies right behind him, right? But the thing that will get us out of this and the only thing at the end of the day is mass non-compliance. Do not comply. Take off your damn mask already. Okay, stop lining up with your damn mask on at the CVS to get your third injection. Count yourself lucky if you weren't in the 5% of the Pfizer and Moderna lots that are associated with 100% of the reported deaths. Do you really want to just hope that all these blood clotting disorders that you're hearing about, or at least I am, I get these sent to me all day, every day from full-on thrombosis or myocarditis or heart attacks or strokes down to rashes, which is blood clotting of just under the surface of your skin, do you really want to keep playing Russian roulette, hoping that you get a saline injection or at least a jab with less PEG or less spike protein or less mRNA or less of the heavy metals? I mean, that's the, that's the you know, bargain, bargain with the devil that you're making if you keep complying. So we aren't where Australia is yet, and it's only going to get you know, it's only us getting super active, involved, especially at a local level and very aware and helping wake up our friends and family with content like this episode. Remember, 99% of America has no clue about anything in this episode that I've just shared. I didn't make this stuff up. It's not a rumor. And you know, what's really sad is that you can ask your Aussie friends and most of them are totally asleep to all this. And not all of that, that I told you about all these unbelievable rules and laws and what is happening to the people. Not all of it is happening completely across Australia. I'm talking about Victoria, which is in the worst situation, but all of Australia is truly in a police state and it's coming to all of us. I think they just have a very, very liberal um, population and a very, very compliant premier. And that's how they have taken uh, the whole state of of, um, Victoria and the city of Melbourne inside it all the way to the very the very limits, okay? Where there's absolutely no way you can call this a representative democracy, even a democratic socialist government. So what we have to do besides non-compliance is we have to wake people up, okay? If, if the only people that you give this episode to or important content you, you give to people, if, if you're only giving them to other people who are already awake and already non-complying, we aren't doing... We aren't doing our share. We aren't doing what we need to, to, to wake everybody up. So remember, 
It's not even 1% of Americans who know anything of what's going on in Australia. I've sort of made it a hobby to ask Americans, what do you know about what's going on in Australia? So listen, what kind of small, fearful life are you willing to settle for in order to have a little bowl of government-ladled porridge? How much are you going to let your life shrink down before you do something to stand up to those who did this to your life? the people who did this to your children's and your grandchildren's future. I personally decided a long time ago that I'd rather take a bullet to the head defending myself than line up wearing a mask to get my injection of God knows what from a serial felon corporation that has been used to kill about 19,000 officially and 150,000 that have been scrubbed from the records of Medicaid and Medicare that a huge number of attorneys and medical doctors are suing over here in the United States. Plus, we're not even talking about all the deaths and adverse events that haven't been reported, which Harvard and Health and Human Services both did studies on 10 years ago and said that only about 1% of them get reported. And that also doesn't include all the long-term health effects that are going to play out over the years. They always do. Every single vaccine insert lists dozens of known autoimmune diseases and cancers that are caused by, linked to that vaccine. Okay, so people who get that vaccine get this huge list of autoimmune diseases and cancers at much higher rates than people who don't get that vaccine. Don't take my word for that. Please go do that research yourself. I've been researching this for only about 25 years. Uh, go learn it for yourself. Pull any vaccine insert. There are literally tens of millions of people like my own mother-in-law who got two Moderna jabs and now has blood clots, but no one could ever convince her that these two things are related. She was too relentlessly and successfully hypnotized by Sanjay Gupta and Anderson Cooper. I personally am not willing to live that tiny controlled life that is looking an awful lot like how the Chinese were corralled and controlled and digitally tracked for years now in their communist hell before all of this started for us. And I feel really bad for Steve Ciccolanti, who wants out of Australia ahead of the 15 million other Australians trapped in the pen. But the time for a strategic relocation may be behind the Aussies. It might be too late for them to get out and stay out to start that process. I have several Aussies in my Telegram group saying that they want to get out, and I hope that they do. I hope they're, they're able to. But I could have never guessed two years ago that hundreds of millions of inhabitants of this world would rather hide in their corner and try to hoard a little bit of porridge for themselves and absolutely do not one single thing of courage while jeering at all their friends and family who refused to get injected with some random pharma products that the TV man said would save them. I don't really care if people call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't fear being told that I'm paranoid or, or an anti-science nutter. I've heard it all. It hurt in the beginning, but at this point, I fear only God, and I plan to spend the rest of my days on whatever platform that I have been blessed with, even if only two people are listening and I'm related to both of them, I intend to be on the right side of history and trying to make sure that history doesn't get rewritten to be some version of events having nothing to do with the truth. 
I don't know about you, but I'm going to spend the rest of my days armed with a very healthy skepticism about whether pharmaceutical companies and governments get to decide my fate. And speaking to that, you know, when I left the church that I was raised in, I had done a lot of research after being uncomfortable with some of its teachings my entire life. But I also had a lot of mixed feelings uh, because I loved the basic Christian tenets of it. In March of 2020, when you first heard the word COVID, it had been about 10 years since I had quietly slipped out of that faith. And I found that when I red-pilled hard in March of 2020, or really February, even before that, and I was really, for some reason, immediately aware of the sea change happening in the world and what we were heading into based on fraud, I was very quickly aware that a complete regime change is what we were heading into. And when I was starting to stand up to this insanity with everything I could think of, I was throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it. I was spending my savings. I was running protests. I was building software campaigns that thousands of people could uh, very easily send letters to their elected representatives. We were just, just everything you could think of. And guess who was standing with me? In almost every case, there are a few exceptions, but in almost every case, it was Christians. Not entirely, but almost entirely. I'm not the only um, influencer who wasn't particularly religious before March of 2020. In fact, I, you know, I had really neglected my religious beliefs. I had to find them again. Who suddenly found that everything happening reminds us of our background growing up with the Bible. I have heard my colleagues and friends, Mike Adams and David Wolf, say the same thing and come back to their faith and start picking up Daniel and start picking up Revelations, start picking up Ephesians. It really is causing a revival. And that's another thing I think should give us some hope is that I'm I'm really glad to be a part of it. It made John and me kind of change our ways. It made us get married. Uh, we'd been living together for a long time. It made us repent and get right with God. It, make, it made us go back to church and get our Bibles back out. And I'm not the only one who came back to the teachings of Jesus Christ quickly when I saw the end times laying out before me as I had studied the Bible for decades of my life. And you know why I think that even though many Christians went running off to inject pharmaceutical cocktails that they don't even know what's in it into their God-given bodies, Many of them, of course, not because they necessarily wanted to, but because they were being threatened and manipulated because they were scared. You know who the people are almost to a one who are standing up to it? I told you, it's Christians. And you know why I think that is? Is that Christians are aware of history. And you know why? Because that's what the Bible is. The Bible is history. They read the Bible. Most Americans, including a lot of people I love who have PhDs and MDs, they spend their free time watching Modern Family, right? Where the Christians are at least spending some of their time reading the Bible, which is full of stories of courage in the face of opposition. Everyone should go back and read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the book of Daniel. The Christians already knew about government tyranny and how easily and how frequently large organizations are corrupted and subverted. It's amazing to me that every Christian isn't standing up to the tyranny. But at least, even if they're so fearful of the flu that they want to trust Pfizer instead of the immune system that God gave them, I hope that they would at least, in integrity with their beliefs, 
stand for the sovereignty and divinity of each of their brothers and sisters in their right to make their own choices regarding their body. For some of us, the injections are wonderful life-saving medicines. For others, we see them as poisonous, dangerous toxins. I don't know of a single person in that latter category, myself included, who wants to force their will on people in the first category. I think I can speak for all of us when we say that we also stand for your right to get the injections, even if we wish there was informed consent, even if we wish there was an actual insert instead of three blank pages that say this page intentionally left blank in the Pfizer or the Moderna box. But if you read books about Germany after World War I, when the people were actually really captivated by Hitler, he did quite a lot of bad things before people figured out what he was up to at all. And it was because they were in a situation where they were desperate and impoverished and they were looking for someone, government, whoever, to save them. And when they were interviewed decades later, the thing that they talk about is how surprised they were that this whole thing had happened right under their noses and they were just totally oblivious to it. They couldn't believe that anyone or anything could be that evil. And so they just ignored it and they went about their regular lives. They never imagined that any government entity could do what they did and pull it off and be successful at it. And it's not just 6 million people who died, like you think, not that that's not enough. It's a horrible number. It's not just the 6 million Jews, we are told, died in, in gas chambers and in other ways. It was actually 75 million people who were slaughtered in World War II. And you and I went to school and year after year after year, we did the modules in history class on the Holocaust and we all said, never again. You know, my oldest friend in the world, I gotta tell you what's so ironic. She's one of the smartest people I know. They pulled us both out of gifted and talented English class the first day of seventh grade because they decided that we were too smart for the class. I don't know how they knew that on the first day of class, but we spent the whole first year um, for the whole seventh grade year, first period in a tiny little room together. uh, And they would just give us writing assignments and we would just sit in there and write stuff and goof off. And we've been friends for 40 years now. And she was the first one to start calling me names, you know, anti-science, anti-vaxxer, nutter comes to mind. That's an actual direct quote. And you know what's crazy is she's Jewish. She's one of the smartest people I've ever known. She probably has an IQ over 180. She was number one in her MBA class at Stanford. And she comes from that horrible legacy of 6 million of her own people being destroyed by fascism. But she won't question any of it. And her most recent comment to me is that I'm the only smart person she knows who questions the virus and vaccine propaganda. And no, I did not give her an equivalent backhanded compliment and say that she's the only smart person I know who's falling for something as grotesque as this medical tyranny, because that wouldn't actually be true. I know a bunch of smart people falling for it. And yet as smart as she is, Not only is she not recognizing the medical tyranny, not only is she participating in it, and not only are all these smart people she knows, except for me, apparently, acting like they're, you know, extra special gold star good citizens for running out in their masks and standing in line at Walgreens to get injected with stuff. I don't even have the heart to ask if she's encouraging her young adult children to do the same while her business goes under 
because the government she trusts so much is eating us alive. Our government is destroying us economically, or more accurately, a handful of billionaire technocrats who secured patents on everything from the virus to the mRNA to the PEG molecule, the polyethylene glycol molecule in the vaccine that contains the very, very um, fragile mRNA uh, to the vaccines themselves. Those patents were all secured well before 2020. That same government and the unseen hands of a handful of globalist technocrats who are destroying our lives financially, somehow we trust these same entities to save us from the flu, the flu they've never solved before. We trust them to save us from the flu, even though they've also stopped any kind of early outpatient or at-home treatment of that same flu. They've blocked us from having access to successful early treatment protocols, all the way from the medical journals to the pharmacies, to the doctors themselves and the hospitals, uh, to the uh, medical organizations that govern them, to the media, all of those have been part of this agenda to stop Americans from having access to early treatment protocols. We trust that government. We trust those huge multinational corporations to save us from the flu. I'm sorry, we're not supposed to call it the flu, are we? Because then people won't get scared enough. We can't call it the flu. We have to call it COVID. We trust those government officials to save us from the flu, even though at the top of it, the highest paid government official in the United States right now, a 50-year bureaucrat named Tony Fauci with the stroke of a pen, required every hospitalized COVID patient in America to be treated with remdesivir. And as he did so, he cited only two studies, both of which have terrible outcomes, especially kidney failure and multi-system organ failure and death for people on remdesivir. Those are his citations to back up his nationwide medical mandate on how to treat COVID. These. These are the people that we're trusting to demand that our children in California be vaccinated against a virus that the only children in America who have died of it, which totals in America about 5% of the number of children who've died of drownings in the last two years. All of the kids who died of COVID also had either leukemia or were obese diabetics. These are the people. We're handing over all our most essential civil rights to. You'll have to forgive me if sometimes I get a little bit upset about it. And as the walls close in, and as the people who bought in on the 14 days to flatten the curve keep making excuses for why the government keeps lying to us, guess what? Australia premiers also said they wouldn't do vaccine mandates or a vaccine passport. It wasn't just Joe Biden who lied to 330 million Americans. It was all the puppets of the regime all over the world. So as their world shrinks, our smart friends who believe that there are really smart government people at the top of this keeping us safe, as their friends they used to love lose their jobs, lose their emotional health, as our really smart friends break out with strange rashes and have energy problems and brain fog and they're having cardiovascular problems, and some of them are even having rapid onset cancer diagnoses, and they will refuse till the bitter end that it had anything whatsoever to do with the mystery injection they got. Or maybe just because they didn't get the hot lots that were cleverly spread all over the USA, the 2,400 or so lots of the vaccines 
that all of the deaths have been traced to. All of the deaths reported to VAERS have been traced to 5% of the lots. As our friends, our very smart friends and family become nothing more or better than a QR code that allows them to buy food if they've been a very good girl. Maybe they don't know this has already happened in Canada and Australia and New Zealand. Start asking. Start asking your friends who got the vaccine and who are not in the alternative information streams if they know what's going on in Canada and Australia and New Zealand. They'll literally say to you, you mean with COVID? That's what they always say. And that's how you know. They have no idea what's going on in the rest of the first world because they consider Sanjay Gupta and Rachel Maddow to be information sources rather than propaganda sources. So I wonder, watching all this, when? When do we actually stand up to this? What will it take? How small does that little bowl of porridge have to get? Losing your job and losing your business doesn't do it. So much of this reminding you of how your ancestors were treated in post-World War I Germany doesn't do it. How much do the walls have to close in on you before you stop complying, before you say no to any of it and stand up on behalf of your children and your grandchildren's future to any of it? We can stop this. This is a war. We are losing the war right now. Revolutions, though, including the American Revolution, have been won with only 15% awake and willing to do anything courageous. This war is over nothing less than your right to your own body. And we can stop this as soon as we stop this. We can stop this when we just stop complying. There is a point at which it is too late. And I'm sorry to say that I think it's too late for Australia. They are fully slaves now. Slaves have to ask permission to eat. They have to ask permission to work for a living. They have to ask permission to use the bathroom or to get a haircut or to buy food. Aussies are now fully in the Australian digital ID system, which has rolled out now. Here in the United States, it's only, depending on who you listen to, somewhere between 58% and 65% of American adults who got the jab. And remember, a lot of them didn't want to. Be part of waking them up. We need more non-compliance. Steve Ciccolanti says there is not the police infrastructure to enforce that new police state at all in Victoria. He said that even before COVID, his church was the victim of a robbery It takes an hour for the police to arrive, and sometimes they don't arrive at all. They are so understaffed or they never arrived. Um, And so that's another piece of good news. Okay, so how, how do you know how this Australian dictatorship, which is really a global dictatorship that's just had some real success in Australia because they were already so socialist and had no right to bear arms, and there are only 15 million of them, and they had no Bill of Rights, and they're a highly complacent, trusting culture. If they can't even get a cop there for hours, and it's been going on for years that they're way, way understaffed, how's the government getting away with this? They're doing it by fear. They're, the people of Victoria are afraid of a paper tiger. They're afraid of the Wizard of Oz, who's really just a little bald dude behind a curtain acting scary. People are just willing to act like sheep. That's how they're getting away with it. 
If even 15% didn't comply, the people would wake up to their own power. They would see how much power they have and they would stop acting like sheep and they would demand that parliament say no to giving Dan Andrews unlimited power to force a police state on the people, even when there's zero COVID. That's a real bill in front of the parliament right now as I'm recording this. It took two days. Usually there's a month of debate on a bill. I don't know who's greasing the skids or how they did it, but two days later it had passed the lower house. This is all moving very, very fast in Australia because they've gained so much ground. They're taking that ground as fast as they can. And I think in Australia, they're pretty much screwed. Little side note to US citizens, if you don't know this, you should, and you should go to congress.gov and put in your zip code and get your congressional representative and your two senators, and you should call them. But there is a reconciliation bill and an infrastructure bill. And it started out to be a total of something like $5 trillion. And there's a lot of theater going on with Democrats and Republicans debating and Republicans trying to drive the package down that they finally pass. $2 trillion is not a bargain. You guys, who, who knows what's actually going to come out of our Congress? Or probably about $2 trillion and Republicans will act like they won somehow by getting it down to $2 trillion. But both of these bills have little or nothing to do with the actual name of the bill, very little to do with infrastructure, very little to do with reconciliation of anything. But those are just sort of oblique, vague words that make everybody not know what they mean, they sort of obfuscate what they're really putting us on the hook for debt-wise. They've already spent $50,000 per American family on COVID. Okay, They've put you on the hook for $50,000. How would you feel if somebody stole your credit card and went and racked it up for $50,000 and the law said, too bad, so sad, got to pay it? That's what your government did. And what it paid for is things like propaganda on billboards and free jabs for everyone. And 20 bucks if you get a flu jab and a COVID jab on the same day. That's what the grocery store closest to my house here near Jacksonville, Florida is doing. You get 20 bucks. Well, guess what? You, the taxpayer, are paying for that. It's not really free. That's just paid for by you later in extreme taxation. And if you think that the Democrats or Joe Biden are all about the little guy, then why is it that people who make $800,000 a year in one of these spending bills getting $118,000? The super rich are getting kickbacks of $118,000. These bills include things like bank surveillance. Okay, It's funding for doubling the number of IRS agents. And Congress has been having this big debate about whether it's $600 in your bank account that triggers your being able to legally be surveilled or whether it's $10,000 a year. All of that is theater. All that is completely meaningless. I mean, everyone in America does at least $10,000 a year worth of financial transactions through their bank account. Even if you're a part-time greeter at Walmart getting a very small pension check, you're doing $10,000 a year worth of transactions. So what do we do? Are you going through your whole day doing nothing but taking care of your own damn self? Because if so, you have to get involved with the local freedom groups. What that does is it plugs you into knowing when to show up and where to show up for school board meetings and the city and county council meetings. We have made big impacts by showing up big to these meetings. And we have sent a message to the people who represent us. Lately, I've been following this woman. She's amazing. Her name is Congresswoman Kat Kamek. 
I'm pretty sure she's an Arizona congresswoman, but people keep sending me her Facebook lives. I guess because she actually cares about her constituents and she's that rare congresswoman who goes out and comes outside of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. and tells people what's going on and tells them, hey, you need to call your representative. And she says, we do care. She says, I ask all the time, what are people calling and saying? She asks her staffers. She asks her interns. How many people called for this bill? How many people called against this bill? You got to go on congress.gov and pull out your congressperson and your two senators, write down their phone numbers and their email addresses and call and write them and tell them to vote no on these two spending bills, but also just keep an eye on what's going on. Go on congress.gov and go in the specific bills and put a comment in saying you're against or for something. Okay, these two huge spending bills aren't actually solving any of our actual problems that we're facing right now. They're primarily just dumping trillions more dollars into the economy, which is pure theft from the American people. They take your money and the money that you will earn in the future, and they basically spend it on crack and prostitutes. And that's only slightly dramatic because they're putting all of us deeper and deeper in debt at the federal level so that. Not only does the trillions more dollars that they print and dump into the economy make our dollars and our bank accounts be worth that much less, have you know have less spending power, but also I pay so much in tax as a small business owner that once it goes up, it's not even worth it to run a small business anymore. So another thing you can do is go to that congress.gov and just comment on the bills. Um, I am told that that's actually very powerful and that they actually do look at it. And if they just don't see that the public is commenting, they assume that the public doesn't care. So don't let them steal your self-initiative. I know these are overwhelming times. I know that this is a struggle for all of us. I don't care whether you got the jab or you didn't get the jab. We are all being overwhelmed and demoralized, and and that's part of the program too. So check yourself and see, have they stolen your self-initiative? That's what they want most of all, is they want to take from us our self-initiative. Are you doing your part? Are you standing up to this in every way that you know how? I hope that you share this content. When we let day after day go by without doing anything to wake people up, we are aiding and abetting the end of all freedom for our children and our grandchildren. I'm not just talking about sharing this content with people who already feel like you do, but also share important content with people who already got a COVID shot. And at the risk of saying this too many times, for those of you who listen to every episode I put out, at the risk of overstating this, I don't think I can talk to the people who got the COVID shots because their decisions aren't over. They may have willingly gotten the first one, maybe even the second one, but many of them need to wake up and you can be instrumental in that because you can bet that Rachel Maddow isn't going to help them wake up to what's going on in Australia and what's coming here too if we don't stand up to it. So God bless you all. Thank you to all of you who stand with me against medical tyranny and for informed consent and choice. And I'll see you next time.